All right, welcome back to Her Business Radio. Big fight coming up this Friday. We're joined by Ben Damon. How are you? I'm good, Mickey. Uh, thank you for having me again. Um, thank you, Jade, for uh, finally turning up. We've been waiting a few hours today, but we got him. We got our man, Mitchell. Uh, had some busy uh, bits and pieces today, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it's a good, uh, really good card, isn't it, Friday night? Uh, they're putting it on at the Horton Pavilion. I'll be hosting and commentating on main event. Um, the main event, obviously, is a little bit of a novelty fight and Paul Gallen and John Hoppawati, but the undercard is outstanding. Yeah. Still going to be... Also joined by Jade Mitchell. How are you? Oh, I'm sorry to cut man. you off. I'm really good. Yeah, sorry for my uh, lateness today, fellas. But a um, little bit of running around, but that's not important. What is important is the um, is the show that's coming up. And mate, I I love it. Even even the main event. That's going to be fun, man. Like bombs away, those big boys. Is it shorter rounds as well? Yeah, they're two minute rounds. That's oh, the insistence of um, John Opawati. Uh, who obviously has a bit of a query over his uh, fitness, but I've spent a bit of time with him in the last couple of weeks, and um, he's in pretty good nick. I saw him spar quite a few rounds with um, Solomon Hamono on a couple of occasions, and he looked pretty good. Um, Sol looked all right as well. So, yeah, Hopper's going to be there throwing bombs. Paul Gallen is unbelievably fit. Um, I watched him train for about six hours the other day. He did a field session with the Sharks. Then he did um, about 10 uh, rounds on the pads with Graham Shaw, his trainer. And then he did weights after that. So um, he can go as long as you like. Six two-minute rounds is no problem for him. Yeah, now bombs away. It's going to be good fun. And uh, props to Matt Rose for putting together such a great card. Um, yeah. See, that's the thing. I absolutely love these. We, we called it a novelty fight. I absolutely love. I I, I love um, the footballers getting in there. That's what um, it gives the mainstream public. It gives our sport the attention, and it's it's a pay per view card. And um, props to Matt for putting on such a good show, and we get to showcase some of our younger talent. And what another thing I absolutely love is um, Tim Zoo. He's getting like dual billing on this show. There's been lots of Lots of uh, exposure for Tim, and um, he's the future, mate. So absolutely love that. Um, yeah, we, so many yeah, people we, we, whinge about these footballers coming over to our sport, and oh, they're getting bigger fights and bigger money. And mate, it's because they're from a mainstream sport in this country. That's that's what it is. Boxing's a niche sport. We need we need this. Yeah, you're right. There's been some um, some really curious things that have come out from um, some who probably should know a bit better. I was um, fascinated to read some of the comments from George Cambosis, actually, that came out uh, overnight calling it a circus, um, saying that uh, this sort of card is ripping off the Australian public. Um, George is obviously entitled to his opinion, and he, on potential, is one of the stars of the future for Australian boxing. But um, He's fighting internationally at the moment. Uh, he's not fighting on big cards in Australia. He was on a non-televised show, um, a portion of the show at his most recent outing. And guys like Tim Zhu on this card, Matteo Tapia and Adam Copeland, Rocky Jerkic and uh, Mark Lucas, those sorts of guys are getting huge exposure to an Australian audience by fighting on the undercard of uh, a fight between two heavyweight former footballers. But um, yeah, I, I think that the best thing for people to do rather than to criticise, particularly those who are boxers, is to get on these undercards and try and turn themselves into pay-per-view fighters. Because the idea is we give Tim Zoo exposure here through the media, then he gets the opportunity to step up and do a big fight with Denton Vassell 
if he looks good there, then maybe it's him headlining the next pay-per-view event. Mate, exactly right. And I can't agree more. I've, I've got to say it again. Like, boxing is a niche sport in this country. And us as fighters, we need to be building one another up. And all the guys who are actually having a crack, I, I don't have a knock on Tim Zhu. Tim Zhu is... By by every all of my dealings with him, he's a very well spoken guy. He's a hell of a fighter. Um, yeah, he's he's got big shoes to fill. His father's Costa Zoo, but that that creates interest itself. And Tim Tim's forging his own path, and he's done everything right, and his management's done everything right so far. And all of us as fighters in this country need to be building each other up, not tearing one another down. When when a show like this is on, you can't you can't talk smack about each other. Like, you can't do that, mate. Everyone's yeah, having nah. a crack, so I'm I'm all I'm all for I'm all for these these footballers um, bringing the mainstream attention to it, and it's just such a stack card. It's awesome. I, I love it. Yeah, we'll take this opportunity uh, just to thank Everlast for all your Everlast boxing needs. Go to www.everlastboxing.com.au for all your boxing apparel. They've got you covered. Oh. Sorry, back to you, Ben. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this card. So we're, on Friday night, it starts at 6 p.m. Um, Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Fox Sports Channel 506. There'll be three fights that are free or well, for Fox Sports subscribers first up. Um, they will be um, Danilo Criati is fighting against Shiva Mishra, then Luke Travers and Ben Sabah. Um, Wellam Reek fights against Dara Foley. And then we go over to main event pay-per-view from 7 o'clock. So on the main event channel and in pubs and clubs around the country. And it starts with um, a female boxer on debut, Ebony Bridges, who takes on Mahika Perino. That's three two-minute rounds. Ebony has some big raps on her. She's got a um, she's got a professional style. She's been a good amateur and she's going pro. She's got the look as well. So I'm really looking forward to calling um, Ebony Bridges debut. Then Isaac Hardman takes on another fella on debut who has a, a bit of um, talk around him as well, Puono Lepetti. Rocky Jerkic up against um, Mark Lucas, an outstanding fight, eight three-minute rounds. Mm-hmm. Lucas was retired at one point. He's 9-0, and and Rocky's had just that one loss. He's probably the favourite, Rocky, but, gee, that's a that's a tough fight, that one um, for both of those guys, Jade. It's gone under the radar, this fight. I absolutely love this fight. I, I like I like both fighters. Rocky Jerkic has, man, he's been in some exciting fights. He's so, so explosive. Lucas uh, was a standout amateur, undefeated as a pro. Backed off uh, because he just I don't know he just it's it's it is it's tough for us guys trying to trying to make our way in this sport in this country, but it's um it's fights like this that create the interest and like pro, like it's it's awesome that this one's happening but um it's it has it's flown under the radar this is a huge huge domestic fight I love it yeah um, yeah it's a it's a really good fight and it's followed by the one that I'm really looking forward to, Matteo Tapia against Adam Copland. Uh, both of them undefeated, eight three-minute rounds at super middleweight. Uh, Tapia's looked outstanding throughout his pro career, was um, a show stealer on the um, Billy Dibwell title fight undercard. And uh, Adam Copland, he took this fight as soon as he was asked about it. Um, he's keen for any sort of a fight, even though he's only four, now five fights into his professional career. Um, looks very classy. That's going to be a really, really good fight, that one. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, this couldn't get sanctioned for the Australian title. Yeah. But the reason, yeah, reason, reason being is, is that because Copland's only Copland has never been scheduled for a fight more than four rounds. So, when you look at that, this is actually a big, very big step up for Copland. And mm. um, even the fight that recently fell through for him with um, Omatagi. Uh, that was also another big step up. So they've got, they've obviously got belief in um, Copland at Logan Boxing, and 
It's yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, yeah, the and- the beauty of what's happened here, it, Tapia was on this card. They couldn't. They had a couple of opponents fall through. They couldn't get one. Um, Matt Rose was talking to me. Said, "I don't know who to get for Tapia." I said, "Well, why don't you just try Adam Copland? I reckon he'd probably take it." Um, and that's a really good fight. And they, he rang him, and the deal was done about half an hour later. They were so keen for the fight. So um, Tapia's crew were very confident, but so are Copland. So um, yeah, I, I can't wait for that one. That's outstanding. Who do you think wins, Jade? Big Benny D swoops in and saves the day again. Yeah, well, that's just what I do. <laughs> Who do I think wins? Look, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to side with Tapia. He's looked he's looked absolutely awesome um, from what I, what I've seen of him. Twenty years yeah. of age too, man. The yeah. dude the dude's got a huge huge future. Already already eight no state champion. Um, twenty years twenty years old. There's no rush. Um, but Copland too. Copland's only twenty three. Comes from a great team. I look. I'm not. I'm not just. I, I don't think it's going to be um, going to be easy. They've been wanting to step Copland up for a while, but I, I have to side with Tapia um, just because of what we've seen in the past. And Copland hasn't been scheduled for a fight longer than four rounds yet, although they have been trying to take this step up. And I just think it's awesome. I think early stages of your career, you should be seeking out other up and comers. Um, I pride myself on doing that at the start of my professional career as well and uh, props to both boys. So for mine, Tapia. But there is no losers in this for me because you've got two red-hot prospects. Copland's only 23. Tapia's 20 years old. No matter what happens, boxing wins on the night. So I think it's going to be awesome. Um, Who have you got, Mickey? In the main event or? In this one. You're not listening, Mickey. You're going to split. I've got to go Tapia. Tapia just looks too good. And, yeah, the fact that Copeland hasn't done more than four rounds, it's, yeah. Yeah. Tapia was very impressive. He even got some American attention um, on the Billy Did undercard. He just looks the goods, I think, yeah. Yeah, that performance against Isaac Buckley was was outstanding. That counter right hand that he was throwing and um, which ultimately won him that fight. He stopped Isaac Buckley, who was... um, you know, plenty of people were talking him up going into that fight, but he stopped him in three and really just destroyed him. So um, that's a huge win for Tapia. And he steps up again. He's been doing some really good rounds um, sparring. He spars against Sakio quite a lot, which is obviously tough work. And he, he goes pretty well there as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really exciting fight, that one. 20-year-old to have constant sparring with Sakio, that, um, that shows you where he's at. There's definitely, he's definitely mature for 20 years old because... Um, Sakio plays for keeps, man. He's a bad dude. <laughs> he is a bad dude. Um, after that, uh, going through the fight order, um, On Debu is a former rugby league player, an NRL star, and a big name in Queensland, Justin Hodges. He's um, making his debut against a fella named Ron Barron, who I don't know much about, but they say has had a couple of um, uh, fights around the place and might be okay. So we'll have to see if Justin Hodges can hold his hand up, hands up, which is um, always part of the fun of seeing these footy players go across. And then... Uh, it was meant to be for the Commonwealth title, but Tim Zhu had, I think it was six in the end opponents pull out um, of this fight, and he's ended up with an Englishman, Denton Vassell, 25-5. and five. It's not for the Commonwealth title now. It was meant to be when he was fighting Adam Harper, who pulled out, and then all sorts of other people pulled out. But um, it is a tough fight. Tim Zhu, 11-0 with nine stoppages. Denton Vassell's had 30 fights. He's 34 years of age, and he's arrived in the country um, early Monday morning, um, and he's ready to go. So... Great that Tim's got an opponent and that he can have a fight. Yeah, why why couldn't this get sanctioned? Is um is he coming off a loss or 
He is. Yeah, he's coming off a loss. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they were still confident it could get done. Um, but eventually, uh, after a couple of weeks of trying to get it um, finalised, it, it wasn't able to be made for the Commonwealth title, which is disappointing for Tim because he did nothing wrong and no one did anything wrong with the um, Adam Harper negotiations, which... Um, turned out yeah. to be a little bit comical in the end. And then there was a few others who looked like they might step in and um, for whatever reason pulled out. And Look, eventually uh, he's ended up with, with this fella. Rules rules are rules, but you would think because um, Tim and team have done everything in their power to um, still get that Commonwealth title and get a fight off the ground. R- rules are rules. You can't, you can't come off a loss and fight for titles. Um, I think that's sometimes there should be exceptions made. And I think mm. this this is a case that you can make that argument. But as far as the rules go, no matter what the title is, you need you can't you can't have guys coming off off losses. Um, but because they did all the work to try and make this happen, and he is such a well-travelled opponent, I think I think you can make the argument that this should have been the exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah. And then but, um, then there's the main event, obviously, Gallon. Hopawadi, um, you would have seen there's a fair bit of social media stuff around. We, um, uh, Mickey and I made that 12-minute uh, doco-style piece that's done pretty well social media-wise um, where yeah. they're both just giving it to each other. These two um, have, I think that it probably started with, oh, we'll see whether the talking gets real, and it certainly got real now. They do not like each other now. There's been a fair bit said that's been quite personal, and at tomorrow's uh, press conference, assuming this comes out um, Tuesday night, uh, tomorrow's press conference and then Thursday's weigh-in, um, Hopper has indicated to me that he's going to step it up even further. So uh, anything could happen at uh, those two events. Well, he did say he'll bash him outside the ring. So He did say that about so. 25 times, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept saying it. So See, that's, uh, that's, that's a bit of fun, selling a fight. And Hopperwade has been pretty volatile throughout his boxing and football career. He is a lunatic, uh, to yeah, put a word to it. He is mad, <laughs> so anything could happen. Like, uh, I, I, I really don't know what, what he has planned, but he's got some things planned for um, the next couple of days. So that'll be sure to get heaps more attention. And the good thing about that is that they're going to have um, Tim Zhu and, and some of the other undercard at those events um, available to the media and, and getting some of this exposure as well. So it all flows through, which is great. Good. Hopefully, uh, the class of Tim shines through, and um, it's not all taken up by Hopper being an absolute psycho. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he gets his chance, um, and they all do. So yeah, really looking forward to Friday night, and um, yeah, you see it on main event. I'll be calling with um, Carly Meanhands Man, and um, yeah, some some other people around. So yeah, be a good night at the Horton. Gallon doesn't seem to be phased at all, and I do like how Gallon's uh, where Gallon stands on it all. It's look, it is what it is. We're going to fight each other. I just hope yeah. that we can shake hands once it's all done, which I, I think yeah. is um, which is a class act. I don't mind talking a bit of smack. It, none of that, none of that shit has ever bothered me because at the end of the day, we're paid to fight each other. But I would still like to, at the end of a fight, once you sort it all out and. You punch the crap out of each other. You shake each other's hand because it is just a sport at the end of the day. And normally with with opponents, um, as a fighter, I can say just about, I would say 90% or even every single opponent that I've ever faced, you you know that person on another level to what other people don't. And you always want to be able to shake your hands. It's really disappointing if it does turn out that your opponent is a complete 
dickhead, and you can't do that at the end. <laughs> anyone anyone expect to mind in this? No, no, I don't know. Can you think of any complete fuckwits that I've fought recently? Are you having a go at Kim Poulsen? No, Kim, Kim, poor Kim, mate. Poor, poor, Kim. poor smelly Kim. Is there um, any news on Kim Poulsen's next fight? I beg your pardon? Is there any news on Kim Poulsen's next fight? Because he was one who I did want to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet you did. Um, I don't know, mate. Has yeah. word gotten back to him about his uh, odor? I wonder. Oh, mate, I, I should hope so. Poor, poor guy. Imagine going through life like that. That was bad, man. It, it, Surely there's a surgery you could have. I can still taste it. <laughs> Fuck. Um, yes, great, great. But we digress. Yeah. Right. Um, so the we were, Friday, Friday we were going to talk about yeah how sta- we have talked about how stacked the card is. I, I was trying to think about whether there's been a stronger undercard that I can recall in recent years. There's a few that were really, um, really good. I don't know if any measure up with this, but um, Grange used to put on some really strong undercards on Daniel Gill fights. I know when they put on um, the fight against Chalk the second time around, there was a really really good undercard. So that probably comes close to this. Um, I don't know if it beats it or not, but that'd be the other one in the conversation I would have thought. Yeah, the thing that's hard, the thing that's hard is is just if um, when you've got these cards, the main event just takes so much money away from it and then um, then we're all fighting yep. for scraps. Because the the big cards that I've been a part of, which were Greenies ones in Melbourne there, mm. um, as far as talent's concerned, um, you have myself, the Maloneys, and some other up and coming, some other up and coming fighters on there. It was it was yep. great, but we didn't have the budget there to get good opponents, and that was even the yep. same as uh, Monday and Green the rematch. Um, even the Maloney boys, they they were only given a set, certain amount of money to to yep. shop for an opponent, and that that's what hurt. So the fact yeah that, that wasn't Rose, hurt, the yeah. fact that the fact that Matt Rose. Is prepared to invest in the undercard, mate. That's that's yeah. awesome. Props to him. Props well, to him. well, he gets it. Like, there's been some promoters in the past who may not still be involved, who haven't really understood um, that it is about bringing boxes through on the back of these cards. Like early in Anthony Mundine's career, we saw some very mediocre undercards. Um, a lot not of very even mediocre, mediocre undercards, mate. But... There was some absolute yeah. shit, like the absolute garbage, yeah. and it, it's detrimental to the sport because. The thing is, is the depth of talent, there's so much talent out there. It's just we don't get to showcase it all. And then these fighters, it, because it all comes down to, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm lucky the position I'm in. I know that my promoter um, does have the means to get me decent opponents, and I know that I've got the following in order to be able to pay for these fighters to come out here and fight me and in order to pay for sanctioning fees and everything. And that's something that people don't understand that us as fighters, it's not, it's not our doing. It's this. You can't just, you can't just make these fights happen because it, it costs so much money. Australia's on the other end of the world, the European and American fighters. It costs a lot of money, a lot in sanctioning fees, and um, it's just hard to get these to get these fights and get get a car like this so stacked off the ground. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, they've, they've done a really good job. You, you mentioned Matt Rose a couple of times. Yeah, he gets it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, guys in the past, like Yakota Nasses and that, they didn't have an appreciation for these boxes coming through and what it was going to take to make them into household names. And uh, that's what's happening now in Australian boxing. So it's a very positive step. We're in a good position. And it's just a another response to those who've come out to bag this show and who bag similar shows. Um, you know, they could have gone ahead and just had footy players on a show like this, but that's not the idea. It's about giving a showcase to young boxers and bringing them through. So, um, yeah, those people bagging this show would be better off trying to get on the undercard. You can't you can't bag. You can't – just fighters in general, just, um, I don't know, it's self-sabotage. Why would you want to hang shit on, on these shows? Yeah. Look, I have nothing to do with Matt Rose at all. I've never even spoken to the guy. But I can – as an outsider looking in, and I'm, I'm a fighter, and I'm – Look, I'm in direct competition with his super middleweights, but I don't give a rat's ass. If they're doing a great job, I'm going to tell it like it is. And that's it just yep. it makes no sense to me us guys tearing one another down. It's bullshit. So, yeah. No, I, I, as I've already said, I was surprised with the ferocity of uh, what Ferocious Cambosis said in that article. Um he's probably the, the one that stood out for me. But I, I do believe that maybe he's been pulled up since and um, maybe he went a bit harder than what he um, intended to get a headline and, and maybe now realises the error of some of the things that he said. But um, regardless, uh, yeah, hopefully he gets the opportunity to be, to be showcased on a card like this or as a main event fighter. And hopefully sooner rather than later, he gets back to Australia and starts to build his name here because he's one that we could really get behind. He's got the personality, he's got the style in the ring, but he needs to be exposed to the Australian public and he needs to do it soon. Cambosis is awesome. I, I I love George. I love the way he goes about it. He's following huge. And, mate, he's the real deal. George, for mine, yep. can become champion of the world. He's got the mindset. He's got the skill. He's He's got it all. The, the, world's, like, the world's his oyster as far as boxing goes. And once again, George is still young too. So just coming up under under Manny Pacquiao and the experience that he's had these last few years, he'll blow up. He'll blow up real soon, I believe. So every Yeah, let's hope he does. Everyone, That'd be great. We'd love to get behind him. Needs to get along. <laughs> let's all hold hands and get along. Let's hold hands. Um DDP are getting along with Golden Boy at the moment because they're talking with them, as we speak, in fact, um, yep. they're talking about Mongoya and Dennis Hogan fighting for the WBO world title currently held by Jaime Mongoya. Um, so, yeah, so both parties have been given 30 days um, to come to a deal that could go at any point to purse bids. Um, I know that um, DDP uh, are very keen to get the fight to Australia, if at all possible. They're talking about ways that they can do that. Um, they're not at all interested in going to Mexico to fight against Munguia, which is something that um, his co-promoter, Zantfa, have um, well, almost announced in recent days that he'll be doing. But they need this fight to happen by April the 20th. Um, otherwise, um, you know, they could potentially offer DDP and Hogan some step-aside money. Uh, maybe uh, the other fly in the ointment is the fact that Munguia seemed to do the weight so hard in his most recent fight. Maybe he only has one or, or maybe no more fights at this weight. Maybe he has to go up at some point. So it's a, a group of conversations that are happening at the moment. But um, the ideal scenario, I think we'd all agree, would be that um, they get him out here and um, they fight for the world title in Australia. Or if it's not him, they fight for the vacant world title uh, here in Australia with Dennis Hogan, hopefully getting the cash and becoming another Aussie, well, Aussie Irishman 
world champion. Yeah. Yeah. So rings behind him is J-Rock Williams. So, um, yeah, that could be the potential fight he brings down here if it was to go vacant. Um, I'd love to see Mungia fight Demetrius Andrade as well if that if he was to there's move no, up and challenge for the WBA. There's no, there's been no, yeah, he he did the weight tough. They've got thirty days to come up with something. There's been no solid bloody talk of him just giving the title the ass already and moving up to middleweight, is there? There hasn't been, but um, they did want to have a voluntary um, in Mexico on April 13th that Zanford just came out um, and went rogue, apparently, on Golden Boy and announced. Um, so the thinking being that he wanted uh, a relatively easy fight and maybe that being his last, so he could do it in Mexico before he did go up in yeah. weight. So if they are, and they are now mandated to fight against Dennis Hogan, maybe he sees that as a tougher fight. He knows that he's weight drained and maybe that does force their decision. But um, yeah, yeah it, it all remains to be seen. The conversations are literally happening as we speak. So yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned that Julian Williams is, is right in there as well. So Kel Brooks in the ratings. Um, I know Golden Boy have got another fighter in the top five as well. That's um, Patrick Tixera is his name, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's lots of, um, lots of things that could happen here, but, um, either way, it, it all looks very good for Dennis Hogan and, um, really good if he can get that fight to Australia, which, which is their hope. They have no interest whatsoever in going okay. over to Mexico. Um, it would be a difficult, uh, it would be difficult to see Dennis Hogan getting a decision against Mongoya in Mexico. And I think they're, um, a bit fearful yeah. of that. We'll see the thing is is what how much interest is there for golden boy to um have the harme mongea dennis hogan fight there in the us because purse bid like if we explain how that works you've got a minimum purse bid of say two hundred thousand dollars to to get the ball rolling um how much how much money are golden boy prepared to throw at this fight what's the reality and what's the likelihood of us getting this fight in brisbane yeah, well, it's up in the air, but it, it'll take um, them having the support probably of the Queensland or, or, or Brisbane uh, government uh, to top it up and and certainly the support yeah. of um, Fox Sports and or main event. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to be worked out, but I guess you just never know. Maybe they come back today and offer them um, a big whack of cash to go to the US and they have it there. Maybe they say, oh, look, we, we can't make the weight. You're fighting this bloke. Yeah. Maybe they try and co-promote Hogan for his next few or, you know, anything can happen. Those conversations um, are being had. But, yeah, it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that it comes here. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see how all this unfolds because, yeah, it's as far as as far as far big fights are concerned, um, $200,000 isn't isn't huge in the world of boxing. Mm. But so it, it is possible, but it just depends on how much they want that fight in America and, and – um, if they're prepared to take the risk with their boy over here. But uh, it's going to be very, very interesting yeah, to see how it all goes. Yeah, and good news for Ryan Murdoch as well because he'll obviously be um, front and centre for a spot on the undercard of that fight if it does t- take place here and potentially if it takes place overseas as well. There's no reason DDP couldn't get him a fight there and he's a world-ranked super middleweight, so good exposure for him and a good opportunity for the other DDP Absolutely. fighters. Absolutely. I saw... Yeah, given that it's Golden Boy. I was, was going to say, I saw, have DDP just signed um, Wild Bill Nassio? So I have, first, yeah. I saw first that. decent uh, heavyweight on the... Um, they're built, starting to build a bit of a stable there. It's awesome. Yeah, they've got a show coming up. I think it's the 1st of March. Um, 
uh, in Brisbane at the Pullman, I think it is, um, with D.D. Hobbs fighting the world-ranked um, female boxer who had that incredible fight with Baby Nansen on their most recent show. Uh, so, yeah, they're building a bit of a stable, um, putting some, some good shows and some good fights very together. Very good, very good. What else you got, Mickey? No, I was just asking, because this will most likely be on, on the zone, right? So that's pretty good uh, exposure. Yeah, well, his last fight, Munguia, was on the zone. I think that he's got a deal now, doesn't he, via uh, Golden Boy with the zone. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you would think that regardless of where it happens, it will be broadcast so even if it's, on the zone. So even if it's in Australia, it'll end up on the zone? Um, yeah, in all likelihood, that would be something that could be done. Um, it's happened plenty of times previously where we've done fights that have ended up on ESPN+. Plus. Um, it hasn't yeah. happened to the zone yet, but it's a very similar situation, a similar arrangement. So, mm. yeah, I would expect that regardless of what happens, it'll end up on the zone. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side of the pond, we've got uh, Lucas Brown. Um, yeah, he's... A fight he's been looking for for a while, actually. Uh, he's going to be busy, um, Lucas Brown. Really good matchup. Yeah. So the, the, you, some people may not realize Lucas Brown obviously has that fight with Dave Allen. That's locked in. But he's going to have a fight before that. He's going to fight... On March the 2nd, they're still trying to work out who the opponent is, and it's going to take place in Scotland. Um, I don't know many of the details around it, but Lucas Brown v TBA on March 2 in Scotland, then most likely against Dave Allen, well, definitely against Dave Allen, but most likely on April the 20th now at the O2 in London, so the site of his loss to Dillian White. And that show is going to be headlined by Dillian White against TBA. And potentially also on that card will be Joseph Parker against Derek Chisora. So a big night of heavyweight boxing and... The interesting part of it is if Lucas Brown should beat Dave Allen and Joseph Parker beats Derek Chisora, yes. then the stage is really set for that trans-Tasman bout between your Aussie and Brown and your Kiwi and Parker. And they're both potentially going to be in the midst of some sort of arrangements with Matchroom in the UK. So I don't know what happens. Do they bring that fight to Australia with a co-promotion between Dave Higgins, Duco events and potentially Eddie Hearn's Matchroom or does someone else put it on it? It's a really interesting situation, but um, it's a fight that would make a lot of sense if they both look good on that uh, huge heavyweight show that's being proposed for April twenty. Mate, that um, yeah, that would be that'd be the dream scenario um, to actually get that fight here in Australia and potentially have some of us Aussie boys matched with, against um, some of Matchroom's um, roster. Get some of that uh, zone Matchroom cash. <laughs> <You're great. laughs> yeah. Who uh, who have you got your oh, eye mate. on there? That's super middleweight. Eye on anyone, mate. To get on a card like that and get a taste of that eight yep. billion dollar design deal. <laughs> Do you name them? Line them up. I'll, I'm I'm down. Whoever, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Oh, Looney Tunes. Part of a new segment there. Yeah, this is uh, Jade Mitchell's Looney Tunes. Um, what do you got? I'm just going crazy. No, uh, that was that's actually my ringtone. That's actually uh, my promoter as we speak. Why don't you answer it and we'll do this yeah, live? Um, oh, I'll give him a buzz shortly. I'll just message him now. Yeah. I'll just let him know. He's just trying to make the Paulson rematch, um, is he? Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, what are we looking at, Jade? We may as well talk about you briefly. Um, um, we were looking at potentially fighting their Canadian super middleweight champion, uh, Nathan Millier. Uh, doesn't look like that one's going to happen. Well, there's a, we've got an absolute killer from Slovenia. He's only a young fella. Um, 21 wins, only a one loss, which is a very... I didn't. I couldn't see him losing it. Um, but, um, yeah, 21 wins, 19 KOs, and um, 
that there's actually there's actually a fair bit on the line for that. I can't I can't go into detail just yet. Like like everything, and the second I do go into detail, like how many conversations have we had over the years, um, that I get excited about something and then it, it falls over or, or something happens. So That's I don't I just don't want to jinx myself, but. I, I'm actually. It'll actually be my first night in the gym tonight, throwing proper punches again um, with pad work and everything. So I look forward to to getting into it. And we've got another eight weeks of prep to get ready for the thirtieth. So I'm confident. I kept myself in decent shape throughout summer. I haven't blown out too much, which is uh, which is a big big thing for me, as we all know. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm confident. With the opponents that we've got there, I was keen as on a on a Commonwealth title, or I want to I want to go on to bigger and better things. Um, I feel that I've done, I feel that I've I've yeah I've done a pretty good job the last few years in this area of the world. I, I want big fights now. Um, so there's a few opponents that we're that we're looking at that I, I'd love to try and get out here to Melbourne. Um, and then I'm also being pushed not to do anything crazy because we've also got talks for later in the year with some big companies. So I, I am I am on the verge of big things, but it's my own impatience wanting to fight bigger fights as soon as I possibly can. I, I feel I've done my apprenticeship. So we're just trying to work through it all now. Hopefully I do get something good for on yep. the 30th. One thing I definitely won't do is I won't be picking um, – Another opponent like Pulse, and I want to. I want a killer who's going to come out, come forward, and we're going to throw down and make a good fight of it. Because I pride myself on being in good fights to watch, even though I'm not this one punch knockout artist. I do have that work rate, the movement. I want to fight a killer. I want to be in fun fights, not that last sack of shit that I was in. That was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> um, I know I'm jumping around in the order a bit, Mickey, and I apologise for that, but. Um, uh, Zach Dunn has a fight now locked yes. in. I don't think it was official. We knew of it, but it wasn't locked in when last we um, did this. But he's got it for the 5th of April at um, the Melbourne Pavilion against Patrick yep. Rockhold, who's the German um, undefeated 16-0. and um, He's world-ranked as well. I think he's... Um, what's Rockhold? with the WBO, um, I believe. He's 13 WBO. I, I've watched a bit of him... Um, he doesn't look much chopped, to be honest. No, uh, have no you and watched- that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. As soon as you get any sort of a regional title with the WBO, you go into the world ratings. Um, yeah. Now, I don't rate him at all. Like, with, with BoxRec, because he's never fought anyone, like, he's rated he's rated like a number number 140 or something. Um, I think it's a pretty safe bet that Zach's going to get past him. I hope he does, because I've... Mate, I've been begging for that fight. I want the Zach Dunn fight, and I haven't done. I've done. I haven't done the thing of, of um, forcing the mandatory just yet, because if I do that, I'm afraid that Zach and his team will vacate that title disappears, and then it leaves an opening for some battler who's not even world rated, to then fight me. Because I, I don't. Unless I've got something bigger and better to move on to, I don't want to yeah. vacate a title. And for me. I believe I believe Zach gets past Rockhold. I don't rate Rockhold. If Rockhold does beat Zach, then I want to fight Rockhold. Um, yeah, like I've only watched bits and pieces, but um, yeah, I was very surprised by um, how pedestrian he looked for a world number thirteen. Well, that's the same. That's that's exactly the same as the fa- look. 
I, I don't want to talk down, but that's exactly the same as the WBO Latino champion that Rowan fought. I don't see yep. these guys as top 15. If you look at if you look at um, who I'm rating the top 15 within the WBC, mate, there's killers in yeah. there. The WBA is yeah, stacked now. Like the WBA yeah, they're much stronger. right up now. There's a couple of guys, I have no idea how they've jumped in there in front of me, but um, it's a couple of guys who have jumped in there in front of me, and now it's open right up. But, um, yeah, so sometimes I don't understand. So, so do you still have hope, Jade, that assuming Zach gets past Rockhole and you beat whatever Hungarian they dig up for you on the 30th, oh, um, the that, you, that you'll fight Zach <laughs> That you'll fight Zach Dunn later this year. You, do you have any confidence that that can happen, despite how difficult it is proved? If if I had anything to do with it, mate, we'd be fighting each other on the thirtieth or the fifth. I have. But has it been has it been said to you by your promoter, who is also Zach's promoter, Brian Amatruda, that this will not happen? Has that been he said? Said that they don't want it to happen, and I've said, well, okay. why did they mention my name? And fair enough, I think Pilios on the microphone was fishing. But the fact that they've said it, this is a fight that makes sense. I'm not some battler who's trying to who's trying to make something myself by fighting Zach Dunn. This for both of us too is like it's a legacy fight. We're both rated inside the top ten in the world in different governing bodies. There's so much on the line for both of us to to take out of this. And as far as as far as a legacy fight, I'm such a fan of this sport too. This is this is as big a fight of two Melbourne boys fighting each other that that I can remember. Besides, you've got like the 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 legendary fight of um of Michaels when he took his took the title off Alice. But in recent memory, tell me tell me an all Melbourne fight that would make as much sense as me and Zach Dunn, two top ten boys from the same town to fight each other. I think it's great. And if if Zach was to beat me, give me no hard feelings, mate. There's so much on the line for both of us. If he beats me, good luck to him. But for mine, this is as Big a domestic fight as we can make, and as easy a domestic fight as we can make, and there's a lot on the line for them to gain too. I'm rated higher in the yeah. WBA than what Zach is, and he's defending his WBA title. I'm just afraid that if I pull the trigger on the mandatory, that they'll vacate. I don't want that. I prefer yeah. Zach to stay in the world ratings. I don't wish Zach any ill will in his career at all. I really want to make this fight, and it's not. There's no hard feelings. There's no nothing. I just, I just don't understand why we can't make it happen. There's, there's no, there's no reason it can't. It's a great fight. I guarantee you that if me and Bilal Akaway were both from Sydney or both from Melbourne, that fight definitely would have happened because it makes sense. Or if Rowan was from Melbourne or I was from Brisbane, that fight would definitely happen. We're well rated. Yeah, yeah, no, it does make sense. So hopefully it, it can be made because um, yeah, you're right. I'm just going to and go on a. I'll just go on a rant. So we better move on. But I want, I want yeah. the Zach Dunn fight. They don't want to fight me, and they they have no reason other than they they obviously don't want the fight because I think that they they think that I'll beat him. What else would it be? Because we're both on the verge of big things. I'd prefer to roll that dice and take on big fights at this stage of my career. I'd prefer to roll the dice, take on a big fight where there's big reward rather than go through the motions. I don't I don't want to fight the Poulsons of the world and just hang around 
Poor old, poor old Kim Poulsen. Do you reckon he listens to this show? I. Oh, you should send it to him. Actually, that's terrible. I should, ho- I should hope not. I should stop giving Kim such a hard time. <laughs> you should send him a link to this show and just say, Kim, just so you know, you're a minor celebrity down under. Um, <laughs> you're now Ben Damon. Um, let's stay at the Melbourne Potter. Pavilion. Yeah, let's. Yes, you are. You're top three. Yeah. In all of our hearts, let's stay at the Melbourne Pavilion, the um, the home of the best small goods in all of Victoria. Um, because there's shout a huge out, fight coming shout up. Shout out to Benny and the caterers down there at uh, at the Pavilion, mate, uh, doing great things since. That prosciutto is to die for, and um, I'm looking forward <laughs> to sampling it yet again on February the 22nd when I'll be in town to call a, a really exciting fight. We had him on last night. Oh, gee, he was good. Um, Blake Caparello, who um, joined us. And now I've got the pronunciation on his opponent's name because we've said it at least 3,000 times, different ways yep. um, since uh, he arrived on the scene. And I asked the man himself, and it is Reagan Desai. Reagan Desai is his name. Not Desai, not Desex, not Desue. It's Reagan Desai. Desai, that was one. Desai. Yep, Reagan Desai. And um, they fight each other. At the Melbourne Pavilion on the um, 22nd of Feb, I think it's Epicenter that uh, will be showing it. And, um, yeah, really good, really good fight. We previewed it in, um, in obviously, a bit of detail on the last episode with Blake Caparello, yeah. who's, um, who's very confident. But, um, yeah, it's a good fight. He's got a really nice right uppercut, just to say. Yeah. And um, he's big, too, six foot three. Um, yeah, re- really good-looking fight. And um, had a look at the undercard as well. Uh, which looks pretty good. And now it's an Australian title, Joel Camilleri against Billy Limov, which is um, for the uh, Australian super welterweight title. Yeah. Now, look, it'll, it'll be a good card um, put together by LeBruna. Um, yep. But, mate, I, I can't wait for that fight. It's going to be great. Um, you think, I oh, know we're not meant to be announcing the winners of, of, our, of the awards today uh, because we're not, they're not yeah. all set in stone yet. But imagine if Blake yep. um, Beast to say... And um, and we've got a dual back-to-back upset of the year, Blake Caparello. Congratulations! How, how good would that be for Blake? That would have to be the highlight of his oh, no. career. Um, yeah, yeah, he did love that. Yeah, um, I was boxing. Well, upset yeah, of the year two years he'll be low. getting upset of the year. Um, yeah, oh, he's he's done really well. He was very pleased with that. <laughs> it was so yeah. much fun too. Sitting next to, how fun. awkward sitting next to Blake. He's like, what? When I when I'd, 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 I'd Trent the starching. But um no, he's he's, he's, yeah. he's he's a good dude, Blake, and um it was a good fun episode hanging a bit of shit on him and yeah, he, one yeah, he was good. He was good and he, he knows boxing. He's been there and done that with um every just about everyone well, in and around his weight in the world. He's sparred all over the world. Mate, and, he'd um, have he yeah, would have to be, if not one of, if not the most experienced um Active professional fighter in the country right now, Blake Caprell. He's been yeah. around. He's um, he's fought everyone. He he's taken on all Mine's comers Sakio, in probably. Australia. You've only got to mention Blake Caprell. He picked a fight with me and yeah. on the podcast for fuck's sake. Like Blake just wants mm. to fight everyone, but and he and he yeah. has. You can't deny Blake Caprell. So and you'd think that he's thirty nine or something. He's only thirty two, Blake. <laughs> he seems like he's been around. Like forever, so he's got a long time still, left if he wants to stick it out. We're still throwing the compliments his way. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. What he looks at least forty six, yeah. but yeah. Um, so, no, he looks like shit. He's got upset of the year twice in a row, but he just keeps on keeping yeah. on El Capo. Yeah, <laughs> you still think Trent's going to knock him out? 
Nah, jokes, old jokes. Caparello is only my age, so he's still a spring chicken. And um, oh yeah, good. Um, I think he's taken a bit better care of himself than what you may have done over the years as well. Um, oh, it's safe to say, yeah. I don't think he ever got to 140 kilos, did he? I never got to 140. What do you think I am? It was one 130. Which isn't that bad. I'm a, okay. I stand at five foot ten, man. It's not like I'm a tiny guy, so it's all good. There's a, there's a good um, speaking of heavyweights. There's a good heavyweight fight on the undercard um, for that Caparello to say fight. It's um, Christian Soy. He's the Cameroonian fellow who fought against Joe Goodall on the undercard for um, Horn Mundine. A tough dude. He fights against Danny Rio, so that, that's a really fun um, right. six-round heavyweight fight for that undercard as well. I've seen Christian um, spar. He's actually sparred with my my teammate um, Sugar Kane Watts, and my God, um, he throws them. Absolute gym war, mate. They tried to kill each other, and um, uh, well, on this particular day, um, Big Sugar outlasted the uh, Cameroonian fella. But, mate, it was absolutely brutal. There's nothing wrong with either of those boys' whiskers. And, actually, mm. there's a fight coming up, which is – that's a fun domestic fight, is um, Sugar versus Plugger. I um, Yeah. I, I feel mm-hmm. – I feel um, – I know everyone's pretty excited about, about Plugger. He's a, it's a little – like, he's only a, a nuggety little, chunky little dude, uh, for <laughs> lack of better better words. Um, yeah, and then you've got shout Kane, out to uh, Plugger. Yeah, shout out to yeah. Plugger. But then you've got Kane, who's been a professional <laughs> for eleven years now, and um, and he's he. If anything, Kane is a true cruiserweight. Um, he is is big, strong, experienced. Oh, I think this is a massive step up for Plugger. And if Kane Kane in training so far, like I can talk about this because I trained with the guy. In training so far, he's come along well. He's fit. Um, I believe if Kane rocks up on the night, I, I just don't see the little guy going the distance with him. I know he went the distance in his um, in his title loss, but um, Kane's a different different beast. Big, big, strong boy. How's strong. Kane's eye socket? Sorry, mate? How's Kane's eye socket since... Uh, yeah, 100%, mate. Spot on there. Yeah. Beauty. Um, that card is the uh, Friday night as well, the 1st of March. Um, yep. I know Willis Meehan's on the undercard um, fighting against a, a, a bloke who's had 20-odd fights, so uh, a, a decent step up for him. Um, yeah. And then there's the big Chinese heavyweight fella, what, Junlong Zhang, 19-0. Yeah. Um, bit of a mysterious character. Um, and so Brian Amatruda promotes him, is that right? Yeah, yeah, in conjunction with the Chinese. That, that, that relationship's been going on for quite, quite a while now. I don't know if yeah. that kicked off when um, when I fought Yuli Giardi. Right. Um, yeah. But, he's nineteen and zero with nineteen stoppages. I don't think he's ever gone beyond the third round. Um, yeah. no, and yeah. like, there's there's no superstars in there, but there's some there's some decent level fighters that he's got rid of in one. So from um, what, what I've he seen, must be out of bank. What I've seen and what I've heard, yeah, he's he's a dangerous dangerous guy and a force to be reckoned with, and um, it's only a matter of time before they. They get this guy in some big fights. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's really interesting hmm. that, um, that Brian is... Um, it's, it's a weird one, but, yeah, it's, it is exciting. Okay. I'd, I'd like to have a look at him. Yeah. Um, you can go back to the um, proposed order now if you want, Mickey. I know 
Yeah, well, I, I ruined things. Me off a bit there, but um, taking a show for Christ's sake. Yeah, get him. Charge. All right, all right. Sorry. Well, Andrew right. Maloney, he's got a world title eliminator. We saw him in his last fight against it was Concepcion, where he looked excellent, to say the least. Yeah, phenomenal. He did. He did. He looked amazing. Um, yeah, one of the performances of the year by an Australian, uh, Andy Maloney, against Luis Concepcion, a former two-time world champion. And now he steps up even further to take on Miguel Gonzalez. Um, we knew about this fight when we were recording the last episode, but we weren't able to announce it. But it is March 22. Um, the only loss that he's ever had, Gonzalez, was to Paul Butler. That was in 2013. And yep. the query here would have to be the fact that they have uh, accepted to go over to Chile to have this fight. Um, uh, you know, you'd hope that Andy can get rid of him because um, you don't want to go to the cards, I wouldn't have thought, no. in Chile. Yeah. Um, but hopefully he dominates and, and takes that out of the equation. And uh, looking at it, you'd think that he can. On the strength of that performance against Concepcion, there's no reason he couldn't stop Gonzalez as well. Absolutely. That's a two-time world champion. Not, 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 not many people have um, gone through Concepcion like that. Mm. Um, and so I actually spoke to Andy, Andy this morning. And um, he's gonna he's gonna be wearing the power locks, not the power locks. He's gonna be wearing the MX in that fight. So he he definitely is looking for the finish, but he's confident no matter no matter where the fight goes that um, that he'll have too much for Gonzalez. But yeah. he's also well aware that this this is a big deal in Chile. This fight, this world title eliminator, they don't have big fights like that over there. And um, and so this this fight is a big deal over there. Um, yeah. And he also says, Andy also said too, like, have you watched much of Gonzalez at all? Bits and pieces, yeah. He, he looks like a really slick boxer. He's only got six stoppages in his 29 wins. Um, yeah. I, I found bits and pieces of him. I haven't seen a great deal. I was most inter- interested by the fact that the vast majority of his fights, at least in recent times, seem to be 11 rounders. Is that something they do in Chile? Oh, I've got no he keeps idea. going the distance over 11 rounds. It's weird, like, it isn't it? It seems bizarre. Yeah, it's very odd, but mm. um, yeah, he he is he's a slick boxer and he's he's a little bit unorthodox in his movement at times. Like mm. Andrew knows yeah. too that this is someone who who has a totally different skill set to the majority of the fighters um, that Andy has been in there against. Because we've watched both the Maloney boys; um, they're absolute powerhouses for for that for that division. They don't take a backward step, but in doing that. They've just got. Um, they do have amazing, amazing defense. They they feel comfortable to sit in the pocket, make their opponents miss and pay. And they're both like boulders rolling downhill and um, and just just walk through their opponents. Um, but um, this the Chilean um, has a different skill set. And in recent fights too, uh, he hasn't actually looked that impressive. But in that Butler loss, he did look impressive. So. The Chilean will rise to the occasion, and this is a big occasion in Chile. So, Andy, Andy, looking at him from the outside, looking in, he doesn't, he doesn't see this as he doesn't see this guy as um, he thinks he's got him covered. But then he's also very aware of what he's up against as far as the occasion and as far as him stepping up to the yep. fight and a different and a different skill set. But I am confident that. Um, that Angelo Hyder and Andrew and team will will have a good game plan for this guy. And just chatting to Andy this morning, he sounded very confident. So 
Yeah, and the situation is that this is a legitimate um, world title eliminator. The uh, champion at the moment is Cal Yafai, the Englishman um, who is with Matchroom. He's got a fight that they're yet to lock in a a date, I think, but he's fighting against um, the Dominican fella Norbelto Jimenez. um, And the winner of – that's a world title fight, obviously, and the winners of of those two fights will will then fight. So potentially – and his next fight is um, with, well, it, it is with Cal Yafai or Norbelto Jimenez for the world title. So um, my, huge for him. My money is on Andrew Maloney becoming world champion 2019. Me too. Yeah, me too. I think he um, I think he gets through Gonzalez. I hope that he stops him so there's no um, no troubles there. And then I think that he um, I think he beats Cal Yafai, assuming that he's still got the belt. So, um, yeah. yeah, huge year for the Maloney's. Did you get... Uh, any insight or do you want to reveal what um, Jason is is doing next? I know that they're very close to an announcement on, on Jason Maloney's next fight. His last fight was obviously um, that world title loss, as it turned out, by a very narrow split decision in an outstanding performance of last year. Uh, do you know what he's got next? No, I couldn't get a word in edgeways. Andy just loves talking about himself, so we didn't even yeah. talk about um, Jason. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's very dismissive of Jason. He doesn't Hates care what that actually. guy's got going on. So. Yeah. No, no, I, no, we didn't. We didn't. We um, we only we only just had a quick chat about the outcome of fight and um, and about other stuff. Um, yeah, what so sort of stuff? What recipes and yeah, um, no, well, um, watching. I think I think it's um, common knowledge now. If you follow the boys on social media and that, that they're both expecting um, expecting babies. Uh, Jason and Georgia are due pretty well around the same time as myself and Teagues, so within the next couple of weeks, and Andy's only a few months behind, so chatting about that. Do you want to, do you want to, we'll, we'll, fill, we'll fill a bit of time talking babies. Do you think the listeners of Her Business Radio would love that? So we move along to... Um... <laughs> shout, out, uh, shout out to all the babies out there. Yeah, big shout out to the babies. Um, yeah, that's really exciting, mate. Um, that's great. <laughs> Do we just leave it there? Yeah. Leave it there. Shout out to the babies. Um, no. All right, speaking about another baby, uh, okay. Wildfighter's doing its uh, debut. Oh, card. yes, Mickey, with the segue. Yes, yes. how's that, that one? That is good. I like that. Congratulations, mate. That... I like that. Thank you. It's been, it's taken a while, but I finally got it right. You mate, got there. It's only been about, yeah. what, 16 months we've been going now? Yeah, now. yeah, paying close attention to Ben Damon, yeah. seeing his little tricks. Okay. So I think it's paid off. Good. Well, I'm just... Yeah. I'm really happy to have had a role um, in in your first ever segue, and um, I'm I'm glad I was here for it. Uh, it was very exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have <laughs> first a ever successful segue. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, oh, good. very good. Wildfire, the baby Wildfire. Uh, Wild Will Tomlinson. Yep, I had high level negotiations with Wild Will Tomlinson about coming down and doing this card, which I will be doing. Um, looking forward to that. Um, they tell me the venue, uh, Brock Ellis from Oz Boxing, who was most excited about the venue. I think he wanted to move into the joint by the sounds yeah. of it. He, he talked about little else. Uh, so, yeah, it, apparently it's um, it, it's going to look really good. So uh, I'm looking forward to that as well as the card. Mate, yeah, as far as I'm, – I'm not even interested in the fights. The uh, the raps that old Brocko has given us on the venue, I just yeah. can't wait to see this venue. Yeah, maybe we just have a party. Don't, don't even worry about bringing a ring. <laughs> 
around the fights. Just uh, yeah. we'll just get a, a guided tour of the venue by uh, none other than Brock Ellis himself. Yeah, but, he, he said that it's both indoor and outdoor. So depending on the weather, the fights could be outside or they could be inside. I think he was saying. So wow, very exciting. Amazing. And Will's got huge plans for the broadcast as well. Um, as is always the case with Will, he, he shoots for the stars. He's got a uh, he's got a lot of um, big names that are being talked about to um, to come in and be a part of his uh, broadcast that's happening. So, um, awesome. yeah, looking forward awesome. to being on board. Is Camille Buller on the, on the card? I know he's signed to Wildfire. Well, is, is he going to be fighting? Well, him? I assume so, but I, I don't know. Um, I would have I would have thought that if he was, he would, he'd probably be the main over Waitley, wouldn't he? Yeah. Maybe he's not on it. He's so, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, so will be in the future, Mark, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he he has um, yeah. he's on board with Will's um, operation there. But uh, yeah, Jason Waitley, the uh, cruiserweight, he's had two fights um, so far. Uh, he won both of those, one by a stoppage in the third round, and one on points. And now he takes on Philomoni uh, Naliva Junior. Um, I believe that is is that is that the opponent for this one. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I just think, um, all, all jokes aside, hanging a bit. Oh, no, that, maybe that's another. No, that's another fight he's got booked in. Sorry, that's another fight he's got booked in. So, box red card, not up to date. Sorry about that. All jokes aside, it's just exciting that we've got some fresh, some, some, um, another fresh promoter out there. And will this is this is all Will's doing. He's putting everything into this. Um, the ven- all jokes aside, the venue does sound awesome. It's going to be a, a bit of a different feel um, to, to what we've seen before. Yeah, but I, what about the venue? What's it like? We haven't mentioned it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, um, I don't know. Maybe we should have had Brock Ellis sit in and um, yeah. tell us all this. Or maybe we just dedicate a uh, podcast to it. I'm pretty sure he could fill an hour talking about this. <laughs> yeah, he loves yeah. design. It, uh, um, it's, going to be, it's going to be a great venue. It's going to be a great venue. Even like the shows that Lyndon Hosking um, had put on recently, um, Hosking Promotions have been putting on great shows here in Melbourne too, different venues. So I, I look, I really look forward to um, to Will's debut card. He's got big plans, like you said, he, he shoots for the stars. But um, this is this is his job. He's not. He doesn't have any other job right now. His sole focus is this promotion. So I'm expecting big things. Will is a super experienced guy, former IBO world champion. Um, he's is not not much he hasn't seen or done in the in the game himself. So I wish Will all the best with Wildfighter um, and the future shows. One fighter I am looking forward to seeing on this undercard is um, is Lewis. Um, he he's been one of our best one of our Best amateurs in the in the past few in the past what decade really? Yeah. And now and, and, yeah. Debut, Daniel Lewis. Yeah, and as an amateur, Daniel Lewis, he did have a professional looking style as well. He looked like someone who was going to adapt well, and um, he um, I actually um, I, I met up with him the other day. Uh, he's been trained. I don't know if it's uh, well known as yet, but uh, Graham Shaw, the world title uh, trainer of Daniel Gill, amongst others, um, is training Daniel Lewis at the moment. Um, and he said that, uh, yeah, he had to do a little bit of work on him going from um, his amateur style to the pros. But now he has a very big opinion of him and he thinks that he could be something special. So 
Um, really looking forward to seeing Daniel Lewis on debut and seeing what he can do uh, in and around the uh, super middleweight division. Um, he's someone that yeah we've had our eyes on for a little while. He did disappear after the Olympics, and um, now he's back and hungry and keen, and he's going to be on this show along with Blake Wells as well, who who returns. Um, he's someone who obviously is talked about regularly as um, someone who's got plenty of ability, and um, maybe he'll be back and dedicated, and then he'll be able to make some waves as well. But um, think, yeah, yeah, Mark Three it is at the Timber Yard in Port Melbourne. Yeah, I think he just had some issues with injury and stuff. Very very young. Um, didn't 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 quite have the uh, amateur career of Daniel Lewis, but yeah, Blake Wells will definitely be one to watch. Um, but yeah. For mine, the, the most exciting fighter on that card, one I look forward to the most is watching Daniel Lewis and watching watching the climb of um, Waitley. Um, a couple other Peninsula boys on there. Um, Jai Alexander, still undefeated. And you've got young Lockie Higgins as well. So it be good. Really good uh, first card there for Will. Good luck. Yeah. Big days. Looking yeah. forward to it. What else have we got to cover for this episode? What else have you got That's for us? Nicky, you got anything else? No, I think that's it. That'll do us, will it? Well, um, yeah, well, that, that's great. There's a little bit of um, little bit of boxing coming up on TV that people may not uh, be aware of. Uh, you would have seen that uh, we've picked up a lot of the PBC shows on Fox Sports, so that is um, yes. that's good. On February 17 is the next of them when Leo Santa Cruz um, fights against Miguel Flores. So that is February 17th at uh, midday on Fox Sports 505. And, um, yeah, then there'll be... Plenty more coming up after that. There's a lot of shows on replay on Wednesday nights if you're ever sitting around just uh, looking for something to do as well. There's some some good shows. I know they're replaying the um, Sergio Garcia-Ted Cheeseman fight, which um, was on the weekend uh, yeah, matchroom show one. where, yeah, it was apparently pretty brutal. I didn't get to see it, but um, that'll yeah. be replayed at some point and various others. And, of course, this Friday night, it is uh, the Horton Pavilion, Paul Gallen and John Opawati. We've gone through the undercard there, but just to repeat, it's um, 6 p.m., on Fox Sports 506 for the first hour. Then it goes to pay-per-view from 7 p.m. with all those fights and obviously headlined by Tim Zhu and his big bout and uh, then the two heavyweights. Fun card. One. That card. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Yeah, well, shout-out to Mickey Caparelli and his segue. That was um, yeah, that's that a was highlight. highlight. Highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, well that done. was really good. I, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and we shout-out. Yeah. Shout-out. I'd just like to shout out Everlast again, Her Business Radio. We are powered by Everlast. For all yep. your boxing needs, go to www.everlastboxing.com.au. Everlast, a choice of champions. And a uh, shout so out to um, the really good friend of the show, Kim Poulsen, who listens each and every week. Um, <laughs> yeah, hope, you, hope you're doing well. Looking forward to seeing what you get locked in for your next fight. We'll all be, uh, all be watching you. And don't forget Francis Chua as well. Francis Chua. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because um, there was some yes. talk that Francis Chua had a big fight coming up in the US on one of those showbox cards. Tony told she thought he might have had it done. I don't know what's the, the latest on that. I don't know if it's happening or not. But, um, yeah, there was a, a chance there, at least for a moment, that Chua was going stateside, which, um, you know, is obviously uh, exactly where he deserves to be. But uh, we wait and see what is next for the removalist. But whatever it is, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Chua. Do we still have his mobile number? Can we just drop that again? And uh, anyone looking to sponsor uh, Big Bad Benny Chua? Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're looking up. to sponsor Francis Chua or you want some um, some heavy items moved from one place to another in and around Perth in Western Australia, then uh, you hit him up um, and he is available. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, are we going to finish? 
Well, we can, and we can just keep doing this shit all day. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Shout uh, out to Bane dickheads for the next hour or so. All right. Thank uh, you, Jade. Thanks right. for coming along eventually, Jade. I had a really good morning waiting for that, and uh, it was all worth it in the end. And, uh, Mickey, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Um, and if people haven't seen Likewise. some of the social media content that um, that we've been doing ahead of the fights this uh, Friday night, Mickey uh, has been cutting it all up, and it's looking great. So you can probably go to, what is it, Beetlejuice Films, your Facebook Everything will be on right. Yeah, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I've got the previews on Instagram as well. And yeah. uh, I'll be on my website shortly. Yeah, cool. And YouTube right. channel. And, and you can just chuck cool. it on main event. Uh, it's just bouncing around on there, the content at the moment as well. All the um, There was a new Tim Zoo promo that was released yesterday. There's that 12 minutes with Gallon and Hoppawati and there's some other stuff with Justin Hodges and bits and pieces. So, uh, yeah, it should all be on the main event channel if you're doing absolutely nothing and just want to. Just want to mindlessly watch that for a few hours. Shout out to Beetlejuice Films. <laughs> All right. Thank that's you. enough shout outs. All right. <laughs> All right. Have a shout out. See you, Kim Paulson. See you, everybody. Ta-ta. Farewell. <laughs>